0: Just in my head I'll be thinking about them As I'm lying in bed And I know that immediately That might not even come true But in my mind I'm having a pretty good time with you Wherever you go there'll be love 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 Wherever you go there'll be love 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 Wherever you go there'll be feel that you enjoy your job making your listeners happy. Best English
1: radio in Moscow or in the whole wide
0: world. This is Capital
2: FM Moscow 105.3. The one and only English speaking station in Moscow.
3: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports, on Moscow's Capital FM, I'm Alan Moore, and still bearing with me is, of course, Andy Mackey sitting there, and he's, like, quarterbacking our show, so well done. Uh, I, I almost said some quarterbacking the show. <laughs> i like, Yeah, 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 you're going to be thrown out. All right, folks, uh, there comes a, a time in everyone's life when you kind of just, you, you realise that, um, you know, they, they, when you kind of go on a sort of a journey of adventure, and... Our next guest went on that journey, but he also took his education with him. And he's continued his education and he continues being a star and proves just that you can be a professional athlete and be educated and be intelligent and have a superb moustache. However, before we... No, that is important because, I mean, <laughs> moustaches have gone away since Mike Bassett, really. But anyway, folks, if you just listen to this right now, this is what happened after a World Cup game course this year in Japan. Did you say something
4: on social media or so- you the Not at all, it's, it's a game of rugby uh, Big call to our Samoan brothers From the big island of Russia from, To the rather smaller island of Samoa So thank you very much for the game To our opponents Again, um, I want to say that we've, we've come out here Set out one one goal uh, To show, to, to get respect To show how dedicated we are and To show how physical we can be And I think we're, we're, on the, we're on the right route Achieving those goals We've got two more games here And thank you very much for your support, guys
3: Okay, of course, most people know who that is because he, he had superstardom when he appeared on the, uh, the big um, evening show, Veteran New York, Gant, and we're very, very proud that he's going to make his debut with us here tonight. We are, of course, talking about the Russian legend, Mr. Vasily Artemyev. Vasily, how are you doing this
4: evening? Uh, good evening, lads. Uh, doing good, yeah. Just arrived. Yeah,
3: You just arrived in Kaliningrad, correct?
4: Uh, we have, yeah, yeah, just, just earlier on.
3: Listen, I, 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 okay. First of all, what I'm going to say is Andy knows as well because he, he he's used to listen to me in the in the headphones and on the phone as well, and sitting wherever we might be sitting, having a cup of tea. I'm I'm speaking with an Irish person right now.
4: Uh, well partially <laughs> probably you could say that yeah I've spent a good few years in ireland yeah it's my second home
3: <laughs> listen and it's something that it was brought up of course when you met with um uh, ivan Urgant on his show about where you learned your english and so on and so forth so i, I want to just first take a step uh, you're from zelenograd in uh, moscow region just outside of moscow and tell us how you got yes, from Z- yeah. zelenograd to blackrock to ucd and then to England, and of course back, or out then to Krasnoyarsk. Um, yeah,
4: it's, that's, you kind of summed up about 20 years of my life there in uh, just a couple of sentences.
3: I do, I do a good um, job at summing he up. You know. He's made
5: you feel really important. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, like, look, first of all, he, he lived in Dublin, so that's, that's one big plus. Second of all, he's from he went to my alma mater UCD, so that's second, so complete respect. So, sorry, go ahead. So, 20, 20, 20 years in uh, 10 seconds.
4: Yeah yeah um well I was about 15 my parents uh, wanted me to, to to learn a bit of english i was in a transitional year in school in russia um they were like here let's let's send you abroad for for a year uh, you you know you learn a bit of english and they just picked ireland pretty much randomly i think it was just a it was just a little cheaper than sending to to great britain or to elsewhere and it was too far to send to new zealand for example so <laughs> ireland was an easy choice um uh, my only wish my only wish was uh, uh, i i didn't want to give up rugby because i started playing rugby in in zelenograd it's it's a good um pretty notorious kind of underage rugby region in russia and um, yeah, so um, the the agency that we went to, um, you know, to find a a school for me, they they said here, we, there's a few schools in Ireland that we know, you know, play a little bit of rugby. So
3: yeah,
4: I had I kind of kind of picked Blackrock out of a list of two or three schools. I think Clongowes Wood College was was on the list as well, Ooh. but I, for, for some reason I picked Blackrock. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, you, you picked well because, uh, of course, Blackrock College, we, we should mention that Blackrock, are uh, it's a Catholic school, uh, Catholic-run school. Uh, it's, it uh, it's both boarding and day school. Uh, it's on the, the south coast of Dublin. It's beautiful area, beautiful buildings, beautiful location as well, um, and has produced you know heroes i mean countless like um leaders of ireland uh, either like presidents or Taoiseach or our prime ministers and also of course it produced bob geldof it did yeah it's
4: it certainly did it produced Brian driscoll as well it, it, this is another bob geldof of rugby
3: <laughs>
5: uh, i think i think <laughs> mrs geldof might be offended by that <laughs> well, you okay, never so know.
3: Maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, so but when you went to Blackrock, because uh, I'll explain yeah. very, very briefly for listeners, is that in Ireland, especially in Dublin, in Leinster, our province, um, schools rugby is huge. It's like, it's the be all and end all of everything. So you've got these big, like schools like Blackrock, like Clongos Wood, um, Terenure, St. Michael's, that they, they, it's, it's, it's huge. It's in, it's so intense. But when you went there, you won the Junior Cup. And the senior cup, which is just like unbelievably good, um, like how was that playing in that kind of intensity for you? How did that form you as a player? Uh,
4: to be honest, it's a huge contrast. The popularity of um, you know, underage rugby, especially you know we come from um, you know come from a background of playing you know underage rugby at a small stadium with about you know 20 people watching, most of them are parents uh two coaches as well <laughs> that's in <laughs> russia and then uh and then we, i you know i fall into the
3: yeah
4: of um, playing their uh, ju- junior cup matches of uh, you know under 16s level with um 5 7000 people watching our cup games and it it's a big big difference obviously <laughs> of course. and uh, this this was the this was the, the era before the before youtube before facebook well facebook as we know it before instagram so, you know, some, some of our games were televised on the local sports channels. And obviously there was a, there was a newspaper um, article every, every morning after a game, after a cup game. And, you know, this just, it was amazing for, you know, for a boy from a small town from near Moscow playing rugby, not a very popular sport in Russia. And then just, you know, diving into that uh, environment, it was just, you know, couldn't believe it.
3: Do you think that that um, obviously it forms as a player because those are the kind of the vital years? You come from a, a brilliant setup in Zelenograd, which is, as you mentioned, it's legendary in terms of producing young players and young talents coming out of it. And then you go into this like bare pit of rugby in Ireland, especially the, the Leinster schools competitions. Um, do you think that more Russian players should look abroad like that to, to go? To example, uh, for example, to Ireland to to experience that. Do you think that it'll, it'll make Russian rugby better?
4: Um, if there's an opportunity, if there's such an opportunity, I would definitely recommend it. It's just uh, it's really good for um, even if it's just for a year, as it was originally planned for, for myself as well. It's just getting out of this you know comfort zone, going out there, you know, learning English, playing playing rugby. And it's so easy to make friends as well when you when you play a team sport and uh, uh, playing rugby obviously is uh, is you know one one of the best ways as well because you you're constantly there training you know. Very, Demanding physical training and playing matches pretty much every week as well during the during the year during the school's year, and um, uh, definitely if, if there is an opportunity, definitely take it.
3: Okay, no, that that is it. That is it. Uh, I, I think it's a program of sending, obviously suspend set Yeah. Yeah, go. Ahead. Okay, well, well I was just going to say that we 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 had a discussion not too long ago with uh, Alexander Zotov of, of the Russian Football Union and the Players Union about young young Russian players need to go abroad in football to to get that experience as well. So you know, kind of to, to develop and to challenge themselves as well. So you know, it kind of same with any sure. sport. You know, I um, well, see. Just moving on, just want to ask you. You of course, I went over to play in the top flight in England with Northampton, um, and then came back uh, to to Russia. How did you find, first of all, how did you find a top flight in, in Russia, uh, or sorry, in England, and then you come back to play in Krasnoyarsk. How was life in Krasnoyarsk compared with uh, Northampton?
4: Um, it was always a dream of mine. It was always a dream of mine to play in the top European club competition, obviously, you know, growing up, uh, towards the end of my um, college kind of year.
3: Yep.
4: Was, you know, I was dreaming to become a professional rugby player, but you know, being in college and uh, being on uh, on a scholarship and an educational grant, I, I, I needed to keep my GPA pretty high. So you know I had to juggle between uh, rugby and, uh, and academics. You know I couldn't fully focus on the professional sport. But um, after after college, you know I, I went into to play for um, for Moscow region-based side the VVA Moscow VVA mm-hmm. Moscovia uh, team. It was um. Manenov, it was I those was. years before the two. TIF- yeah, yeah, money, no. Before the 2011 World Cup, we were just, uh, you know, going through this qualifying process and successful first Russian team ever to qualify for the World Cup and go to the World Cup in, in New Zealand in t- 2011 um, and, you know, I think during my time there and my time with the Russian Nationals, yeah, I managed to ca- catch an eye of a, a couple of English teams and it was, you know, it was a deep dream come true when when they approached me and, um, you know, three almost three seasons. Yeah. Membership uh, was was amazing. It was very demanding. Uh, obviously, uh, it's not as easy for for a backline player to to get into that environment because competition is so fierce. I think it's a bit it's a bit easier for a if you're a standout um, physical kind of forward, a front rower, a second rower. I think it's a little bit easier to kind of to get picked up by those top European sides. For me, uh, the competition the competition was always big. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, after the three seasons uh, my uh, wife to be and I decided you know we, we needed something um you know you know to settle as a family and uh, you know we wanted to go back to russia and i had a I got a good offer from uh-huh. uh
2: and
4: it ended up ended up playing for almost i think five seasons over there um good yeah i mean I, i'm I'm a national team player as well, so I'm pretty much away for four or five months a year with a national team
6: of course
3: it's uh, to-
4: the Russian season yeah, would, yeah.
3: and now like uh, me because uh, Andy McHugh, he's from uh, Scotland of course but uh, he, we both were out in Krasnoyarsk um, last year at the Winter Universiad, so we both enjoyed it I mean we were both like you know commentating on games Think for yourself I was ill I, well you were ill for most of <laughs> I enjoyed it I really had I had great fun um was see like um now you're back playing with Siska here in Moscow um and of course you're yeah. you're okay let's just speak with the national team because of course you you're are you up on 100 caps already
4: No I'm on 92 at the moment 92 I think I have another 8 to go you know it is a it is a goal of mine yeah I'll I'll, I'll well I will continue as as long as I uh, you know keep enjoying myself and I you know staying up in the as long as i'm needed by the national team so i don't want to you know set a different goal to myself i want to i want a national team to be successful so that's that's the first goal
5: first so alan wrapped up your last 20 years in two sentences (laughs) how would you wrap up the next 20 years for yourself in two sentences have you thought about coaching have you thought about management have you thought about maybe giving Um, something back to russian rugby
4: uh, yeah, I, I'd like to be given back, obviously, because it's to the sport, to the sport that's given me, given so much to me over the years. Um, I don't know about being a being a coach myself. Probably, maybe as a hobby, more more so. But um, I'd like to help um, rugby to to grow in Russia, to, to to help to promote the sport, to get it more widespread, wider known, uh, and obviously grow the level of the high performance um, uh, um, area of Russian rugby as well in the future. So this is uh, this is kind of a big. A big task and a goal that I see
5: myself being involved in.
3: Okay, uh, t- talk about growing. Andrew just made he just made a say, moustache. Gonna say,
5: is the moustache going to stay for another twenty?
3: Um, yeah, I, th- I think moustache is
4: is there to stay for another while.
5: Andy, you
4: walked him okay, into my, that. I think my dad got married around this, you know, around this age, and he was he, he was at the time he was wearing a great great moustache. I've seen oh. it in the mm-hmm. photos, and I still remember him when I was really small. He, he was, I think he's, he's got a beard now, so, but the moustache was in um, in fashion back then. So I think I'll, I'll keep it for a while. So
3: basically, you're saying that old, it's older men have beards, correct? Uh,
4: it's. It, I think it's more natural now. I think
3: moustaches are going kind of. It's it's a thing of the past for most. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's time to bring it back. Yeah. Oh, bring back the tash! I like that. I, okay, but see, look um, about the national team right now. Of course, you're you're in uh, the the it's the European Rugby Championship or Rugby Europe Championship. Of yes. course, you're, you're in yeah. the top place. Last week, of course, you were in Belgium. When I was in Belgium, and it, 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 it turned around. It was a tough L loss for you guys. Like leading at half time, then losing um, at, after 80 minutes. Georgia top of the table. Uh, you guys are bottom right now. But of course all hope is not lost you're playing um, uh, this coming weekend in Kaliningrad next Saturday uh, against Portugal uh, then of course you yeah. are playing in the 7th of March and you're playing at home in Krasnodar in the Kuban Stadium against Romania uh, before finally on the 14th of March you're away in Tbilisi against Georgia um, how tough is it first of all for you guys to get out of the situation you put yourself, that, that you're in right now um, and you know do, do, do you think like that, that it's just like a, it's a bit of a hangover from the World Cup because you had a very strong impressive World Cup as a team like you got stuck in you showed up every single game do you think maybe it's just kind of a you'll start to find your feet now in the next couple of games?
4: Um, yeah, there's a number of reasons I can identify obviously it's it's an unsatisfactory first of all start that you know we, we, we know that we're better than what we're showing at the moment um, first of all yes i would agree there's a there's a little uh, sense of um, i think it's a little sense of emptiness and it's kind of a, a psychological yeah or something that we find ourselves in because we, the, the the scenario of the last two matches that we played Spain and Belgium was, was very similar we would get ahead we'd get the lead and they would lead the game for first 30 35 minutes then they would would let the opponents kind of uh, get a, get a, get a score the last score of the half, towards the end of the first half, and then you know we, we let our heads drop a little and kind of getting away from our game plan, and you know we just get the uh, you know look look a little, little little flat and empty in the second half, and let the opponent kind of seize seize the victory. So um, <laughs> this like you know, lets me um, yeah it, it does it does show that probably I'll have to be torn a big tour- tournament like a, like the World Cup. Uh, you know, it it may have a, a kind of longer, long term consequence on the team. Um, although I think the primary problem lies a few years back when, uh, when we were just trying to uh, prepare for the yeah,
3: 2015
4: World Cup. So, but if you go back, you know, back to um, uh, 2013, know, 14,
3: kind uh, of
4: four four years ago, three yeah. four years ago, yeah. When you know we. we <laughs> With the coaching staff, uh, with the coaching team we had at the time was a Russian coaching team and, uh, um, you know, it's easy to analyze now, obviously, in hindsight, um, you know, but they they didn't choose to to try to develop when they had the time to try to develop the younger players, the younger generation of Russian rugby, you know, to help, you know, to give them one, two, three years of, you know, top, um, you know, national team uh, type of rugby. Uh, An ex- experience of rugby, and then get let them prepare for for the for the uh, opportunity to be to play in the World Cup. You know, all the veterans at the time were playing, and you know, many many um, uh, really talented kind of twenty, twenty one, twenty two year olds kind of fell under the radar. Yeah, and I think we kind of lost that.
3: Same t- same thing was happening, of course, at the we, time,
4: we, and now we we, we kind of.
3: It's it's tough though you're, you're suffering from that, but it's the same like yeah. Ireland it's the same thing as well. Like where they they were looking at the World Cup cycle and then they kind of missed out um, on, on it. But look, Vasya, yeah, yeah. so
4: we so should this year this year for example this year is a perfect opportunity to give a chance to those players. This year is a perfect opportunity because this is not the qualifying year, so we, we can you know we can experiment a little. Obviously, we don't want the you know, we don't want to let our performance drop as much as it did. But um, you know we're getting the new faces, the new caps every game, and uh, you know hopefully we'll we'll you know we'll reap the the results um, and the dividends uh, in the near future as well.
3: Listen, fingers crossed, and look, we're going to, we're going to be backing you guys the whole way uh, on Saturday, and of course, to, to you know to put on the best performance and do your best because you're doing Russia proud in every single game. You're going to join us the studio when you when you're back in Moscow, correct? You'll drop into um,
4: us. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, and then you go.
4: I'm moved back to Moscow now, so I'm always available. When, when I'm not away, I'm available.
3: Listen, we're going to drag you in. You're going to be part of our, our uh, Capital Sports team. Thank you so much. Vasily, best of luck next week, and uh, fingers crossed. Okay, that was Vasily Artemyev. We're going to go straight into the break, really, right because we're over time by a fair bit. This is Billy Eilish and Bad Guy. Back after the break with John Viola. Capital
2: Sports with Alan Moore. your dad
3: Креативный хаос диджеев Европы. Идеолог-вечеринок Masquerade. Headline Clapton. Только 6 марта и только в рамках серии Very Special Music Sessions. Clapton
1: выступит на новой площадке на территории Подаевского завода по адресу Кутузовский проспект 12. Строение 1. Подробнее в соцсетях Capital FM 18.
2: Привет, я Даяна Ша, DJ Capital FM. У меня есть новый одиннадцатый смартфон. 1. 11,
7: 11,
2: 11, 11. Я его отдам тебе. Подарю просто так. Но пока он знает только мое лицо. Найди фрагменты моей фотографии, собери изображение полностью, разблокируй смартфон и забирай его. Для этого всего лишь нужно слушать Ear Capital и ловить подсказки. Capital.
7: 11. 11, 11, 11.
2: <laughs> the one and only
3: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen I hope you enjoyed that interview and of course the uh, song that featured afterwards because the song was actually played for Alex B because uh, Billy Irish is a big fan of Billy Irish and that's why is Billy Irish Scottish is Billy Irish it's his Scottish name um is it? <laughs> yeah, I, Eilish. I I thought like, uh, like Billie like Billy Eilish. I did I didn't know who she was. I think she's doing the new Bond uh song, correct? Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, Andy, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> All right well, It's great being here though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, um so again, just um, just mentioned of course that the the game next Saturday of course. I think it's live on Match T V. Um Russia against Portugal and or sorry uh, yes against Portugal uh, the kickoff should be at 5pm uh, Moscow time out in Kaliningrad. so good luck to them here because uh, I mean of course Georgia of course are traditionally a very very strong side in this region, uh, Romania as well Romania at, one, Romania at one point should have been in the, in the six nations, they were actually one of the best teams in Europe, do you remember Andy? Romania won the best, sorry are you eating a banana? No, um, no, that was that was definitely you eating my banana. Um, <laughs> yeah, the banana that I brought you Jeffrey. from <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to go straight away uh, across to someone who's twenty six years in the. Uh, let's just say not just the sports business, but basically in the. Um, Look, I'm going to ask him, first of all, how he started and how he got his license first uh, in football. Because, of course, we've spoken a lot about football agents and so on, and now you're an intermediary. So it's, I think it's 500, 600 euros and you, you, you have a license to buy and sell players or to, to negotiate for players. Um, we discussed this before, of course, with Craig Klein, with Alexander Zotov, and many, many times. I mean, there's good and bad in every single industry. Unfortunately, football, there's a lot of bad because now the rules have been uh, eased off by FIFA, so it's actually easier to become a football agent. And that's why we want to speak with this next man. But first, I'm going to ask him about the uh, Man City situation because he had a very, very good take on it. Uh, John Viola, welcome back to Russia, but you're making your debut with us on Capital Sports.
7: Alan, it's a pleasure to speak to you all the way from...
3: Bonnie, Scotland. Oh, and you're, you're, make, you're making Andy Max day here. He's just like, he's crying into his haggis like he's very happy here, you know? His, his... That's racist. That's not racist! <laughs> but do, Andy, do you not like a haggis, no? I do love a haggis, yeah. Yeah, there you go. John, do you like haggis?
7: I love haggis. I there you go. Every
3: day. <laughs> okay, listen, John, I want to start off straight away, not going straight into your background because that'll come in, in a moment. Um, Man City, okay, they're not the first club to be banned from Europe. We've discussed it earlier on. Um, now you're working in the the let's just say the recruitment industry. How how is this going to affect them in terms of recruiting players the next couple of years when these players know that they have no hope of playing in European competition?
7: Well, Alan, I don't think it's going to make a, a massive difference. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because most players that I'm speaking to. Um, the Premier League is, is where they want to play and of course everybody wants to play in the Champions League but the Premier League because it's classed as one of the best in the world and also we know the financial rewards that come alongside that so most top players that I'm talking to say they would still uh, go to Manchester City even if they weren't in the Champions League yep. That's my opinion I think you you'll find of course he may get the occasional player which he dreamed to be involved in, uh, playing in the Champions League. But most of them, the Premier League is, it may become...
3: It goes first. Jo- uh, John, is John still there? Okay. John, you can hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. So yeah,
7: basi- just briefly hear you know, I get cut off.
3: OK, so basically, the, the um, what you're saying is that the, the Premier League will come first and foremost. So basically, not being in European competition is not going to greatly worry players going there.
7: Well, again, as I said, there'll be the occasional player <laughs> who, who'll, who, who'll be saying, oh, I don't want to go to Man City because they're not in the Champions League. But in general, most top players that I'm speaking to We would love the fact that we could play with Manchester City in the Premier League, even if they're not in the Champions League.
3: Okay, now, now we're looking at them, we're talking earlier on about pivoting, what they're going to do. So they're not going to play in Europe. So they're going to focus, they have all their focus. They don't have midweek travel to Baku or to Moscow. They're going to be just, you know, the worst they're going to have to, to, to put up with is, is is a midweek game up in Burnley. So, and that's just across across the road. Um, do you think that this could have an effect on Liverpool repeating their title win next year? Do you think that Liverpool could be one and done? Do you think that Man City now will say we're going to win the Premier League next year we're going to win all before us
7: that could benefit Manchester City of course because they've not got the pressures of the the Champions League that would help but uh, the way Liverpool are set up at the moment and the way they recruit and the way they're going forward I don't think this will just be a one-off situation with Liverpool I think Liverpool are going to step from strength to strength oh that's
3: I mean again Liverpool just you know they're a legendary club, so the, the name alone is going to get players to them. Um, just move, stepping on, then looking at Man City, of course, uh, Pep Guardiola is one more year in his contract. Um, but you know, there's always been rumours that he might go at the end of this season. He says he won't. He said last year and again this year uh, that he um, is basically, you know, he, he wants to stay, but he's, he's sort of not committing himself. And He also turned around and said that we're not going to be banned from Europe because, of course, we're waiting for the CAS decision or the case. Um, there was rumours today um, that Pochettino might be on the cards for Man City if Pep goes but do you think that's, that's, that's for real that the manager would want to go there and, and build himself up or do you think that Pep's going to hang on?
7: Listen, Pep Guardiola really wants to win the Champions League again and having two years away from that I think would make him think seriously about leaving Manchester City that seems to be the chat here in, in the UK. And one added thing, if you're into gambling, the bookmakers have got them at one to five on to to leave. Now, bookmakers don't get it uh, wrong, uh, generally. So, uh, for yeah, I don't think it's looking that positive. Uh, but that's, again, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, hi, John. Can you just
5: tell us a little bit about how you got into being an agent? What sort of made you think that was what you wanted to do, considering um, the sort of negativity around it?
7: Well, there wasn't a great deal of net negativity when I got involved twenty six years ago. It was a new, groundbreaking industry, and the reason the reason I got into it was because I was in financial services, looking after high net worth individuals. That being the football football community and one or two of the players asked me to help them do a deal and represent them, and when I got into it, I really liked and decided to take a change of career.
3: And and but I mean, at that time, as we mentioned earlier on, it wasn't as easy as it is now. You don't just become an intermediary; you had to make quite a few sacrifices to get your agent's license, correct?
7: Well, as I was saying earlier, Alan, it was, it, twenty-six years ago, it was a hundred thousand pounds that you had to give a bond to FIFA for five years and you had, before you could even go forward. That was also inclusive of uh, setting a test uh, and interviews to be able to become uh, a football agent. And at that time, I remember I uh, actually sold my house, my car, borrowed from my mum, my mates, an overdraft. And I think I stopped a wee old lady in the street and borrowed a couple hundred quid off her as well. <laughs> hundred thousand. <000. laughs> but...
5: Was that but in the Edinburgh?
7: Bottom line, the bottom line isn't it like that now. Now uh, you don't need any exams or any insurances. Basically, you uh, fill in a form and you pay the FA £600, I think it's £600 now, and uh, as long as you don't have any problems with your background, you are officially an agent. OK.
3: Uh, Andy, you... you, you, you um, and of course, is from Glasgow, from Scotland, but you, you actually saw uh, something very innovative that uh, John's been part of.
5: Yeah, when um, certainly it, it was something Sorry.
3: that something that me
5: and my brother had kind of looked into, and we came across your online course. Can you tell us a little bit about what that does?
7: Well, basically in 2014, the uh, FIFA uh, deregulated the uh, football agents, and they, which meant that anyone could become an agent. So the whole world wanted to become a football agent, but they don't really know what the job entails and what it's all about. So I decided to write an online course of the true meaning of becoming an agent, what the practicalities are of it, and uh, and we we've seen a niche in the market, and we uh, we actually done it. Our business uh, set up just as a as something extra or added on, and it just went through the roof of the amount of people who are genuinely interested. Interesting.
3: Yeah.
7: John, look,
3: looking at that, um, John, just, 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 I just want to ask you about, about that. I mean, with the online courses is great, but uh, you've also, um, for this, you also have something else that's even more groundbreaking, a, a step on beyond, I'm not going to say a simple online course, but uh, just not this. It's actually you've gone further into education and you have now a first, like you know, a, a global first offering for people.
7: Well, after we'd done the, the introductory online course, uh, we decided that maybe there might be a, a better way to move forward as well for more education with people coming into the industry. And we wrote a, and I say we, myself and a Cambridge University professor, again called Vincent English, we wrote a master's degree together and an MBA. MBA? A football yeah. intermediate, the very first in the... In the, in the world, groundbreaking only um, came into the marketplace just two or three weeks ago. So we're proud that they, there is now a master's and an MBA degree on how to become a football intermediary.
3: And what does that involve and, and where, 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 where uh, is it taking place, John? Because I know there's a lot of listeners who be interested in this because, of course, as I said, this is the first time ever this has, has been offered to people. So where, where is it taking place and how can people learn more about it?
7: Well, so this is also online, but we we, we uh, part of the course will be will have in-house uh, uh, education as well, where people will be coming to a central area to be spending a certain amount of time learning about it, uh, the uh, the whole intermediary business. But most of it is on online as well.
3: Okay, so they can do they can work at the like wherever it is, and then study part time as well.
7: Sorry, say that again. I didn't they, they,
3: they could work part-time and study uh, uh, as well. Or work full-time and, and study
7: part-time. surely. Sure but yeah. that, 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 that's the plan, sorry. That, the plan is that you can still be able to keep your, your existing full-time job and, and study online uh, for your, your master's or your MBA degree. John. In conjunction with talking to ourselves as well.
3: Of course, Of course.
5: Just to give people an idea and without... Naming any names. What is the most ridiculous thing you've had to do as a football intermediary or agent?
3: <laughs>
5: oh goodness!
3: <laughs> I don't like the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a very that was a that was a sort of a oh god no please laugh. No,
7: listen. We need to be here to the four in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. We got. Time. <laughs>
3: It, I, I want, do, one, no, one? I remember,
7: I remember when the poll, the poll tax came out. One of my, uh, in, in Scotland, and uh, one of my, I always remember this. One of my players who was quite a high-profile player. He uh, didn't know how to fill in the form, and uh, and I actually, I thought he was joking when he says, what is the poll tax now, it had been a massive, massive thing all over the press for about two years, and uh, all the fighting that was going on with it in, in the UK at the time." And they phoned me up and says, I've got this this form here of gold tax, can you tell me what it is? And I don't mean that I can't name the name because I don't think it's going to speak to me again, <laughs> <laughs> So okay.
3: So okay, we well, John, on that note on that, yeah. that we're gonna end Look, we're going, to, we're going to get the information for you. We're going to put it out across our social media because, again, this is a huge step forward in the football industry because, as you said, you know the more knowledge you have, the better it's going to be for people, and it's brilliant. Well done, and thank you so, so much for joining us tonight, John.
7: OK, fantastic. Thank you. Have
3: a great night, guys. You All too. the best. Thanks, John. OK, John Viola, of course. Uh, we're going to tweet out the information a bit later on, but we're going to go straight out to the break okay? because, of course, this is a song that kind of got me from this summer Andy I know you don't like Coldplay but this is a song that when we were at the World Games I kept listening to it it was great it was always played in the background I just remember sunny weather all our brilliant Russian national team players and this song so this is Coldplay and Adventure of a Lifetime back after a break with Capital Punishment
2: Capital Sports with Alan Moore J Capital FM. У меня есть новый одиннадцатый смартфон. Eleven. 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 Я его отдам тебе. Подарю просто так. Но пока он знает только мое лицо, найди фрагменты моей фотографии, собери изображение полностью, разблокируй смартфон и забирай его. Для этого всего лишь нужно слушать Эфир Capital и ловить подсказки.
7: Eleven. 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 Предложение не является публичной офертой.
2: Wish
5: that I Начинай свой день с Capital FM и, и <свят> где
6: бы ты ни был Даже в душе каждое утро на 105.3 FM снова синие утра
2: With Alan
3: Moore. Okay, folks, um, we're back for the final segment of Capital Sports on this beautiful Sunday night here. It is plus two in Moscow. This is just excellent. Are you enjoying this winter, Andy? Uh, it's been very balmy. Climate change has, has done us very well in Moscow, I think. So, all those years of me walking around spraying aerosols in the air has actually worked? Uh, it seems so. Yeah, that's great. I remember in Krasiark as well, like walking around, like sitting yeah. inside, like just it was like. like plus well, one. Yeah, I know, but it it is ha- it has a microclimate there, so that's different. Folks, tomorrow morning, four a.m. Moscow time, of course, it is Team LeBron against Team Giannis. That is, of course, for the NBA All Star Game. So there's been all the dunk contests and all the sort of nonsense going on. Of course, Alex B. He can't join us this week because he is on the road, just like the littlest hobo, and um, <laughs> or Willie Nelson, even on the road. Sorry, I'm I'm uh, letting too much show. Um, and of course, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Six Nations in just a moment because uh, before we do, however, there is one game that is kicking off now in just one minute. It is Lazio against Inter Milan. That's kicking off at 10.45. So uh, uh, Andy Mack will keep his hands on that one. OK, um, Six Nations, of course, we, we spoke with the European Rugby Championship, but the Six Nations is coming to crunch time now because... It's the big game of... Two big games of the championship. Two probably of the best games of the championship take place on Saturday and on Sunday. So one is the second game on Saturday and um, the other is uh, on Sunday. But the first game of the day is most interesting because that is the battle for the the wooden spoon. Now the wooden spoon is all traditionally given like a wooden spoon like folks a wooden spoon it's given to the crappest team in the in the in the competition now Ireland have won a few times Scotland have won a few um, but on Saturday I believe it is at uh, 5.15 Italy against Scotland um, do you hold it much up Andy?
5: Uh, it's kind of irrelevant now I suppose but if you don't beat uh, I, Italy at least kind of put up a little bit of a fight against France which panics me <laughs> But listen, Scotland should have beaten Ireland or at least drawn with them. They were very good against Ireland. Too many mistakes, too many penalties being given away, and Italy. You know, if they get their kicking spot on and the weather's all right. Um, Obviously, last weekend it was absolutely atrocious across the the British Isles. It's
3: going to be bad this weekend uh, as well.
5: At the Stadio Olimpico, I think um, I think the um, the Italians might have some some half decent weather. Hopefully, hopefully.
3: Okay, uh, we're welcoming on to the show, of course, the uh, editor in chief of Heart of Football, Andrew Flint. He's welcome, welcoming back on, Andrew. You, you, you're still live out in Tumen. I hope, Andrew Flint. Is Andrew Flint on? Um, Oh, you can hear us. OK, you've got to speak up a wee bit, Andy. Um, Andrew, listen, um, we're, going to, we're going to start off with Six Nations before we do our capital punishment. Um, we're all pick, we'll, we'll get uh, Alex and Nazar to, to, uh, to double end to send in their picks. Um, OK, Andy's already spoke with the Italy-Scotland game, so that's a foregone conclusion. Italy to win by 20 points. Um, <laughs> but that's Alex Alex B's, like, like wildest, most feverish dream. Uh, the big game on Saturday, of course, is at 7.45. Wales against France. That's quite a big one as well, isn't
6: it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they're probably two most entertaining fights uh, in the Six Nations at the moment. Um, I am concerned um, that France going to run away with it. Um, I, it would suit England better, obviously, if France could drop points. But yeah, I th- you, you, you think it's going to be a France win? Right. Yeah, yeah, they they're just too they're too they're too devastating when they're on in full flow. If they get a good start, then I think uh, I think Wales will have trouble containing them.
3: Yeah, because I, I agree with that. I think France are, are, are a very strong, very good young side as well. Uh, a lot of young players, and I think I, I think they're going to be in the World Cup final in uh, three years. Um, Andy, what about you? Uh, Wales fans? France?
5: Uh, we mentioned it two weeks ago. I think if France make a good start, it will be difficult for Wales to peg them back. But Wales look quite explosive. New coaching, a little bit more dynamic. Um, I think it'll be really tight, and I might, might have to side with a home win this so you, week. You, you'll I go think for Wales. Wales might just sneak it.
3: Okay, so Wales, okay. I'm, I'm going to go for... I, I do think Wales, they'll put it up to them, but I just, I'm edging towards France. I think France just might have been too much. But then again, France have a bad second half. Wales can be very good in the second half. Wales have nothing to lose after last week against Ireland. They were very poor against Ireland. Very, very poor. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for a Welsh win as well. I'll, I'll bounce there for a Welsh win. Of course, then the big, big game of the weekend um, is one that could, could decide the Grand Slam. It is England against Ireland at Twickenham. Six o'clock on Sunday. Um, start with you, Andy Mack. What do you reckon? I mean, it's like England are, are, are back in form after the World Cup. Um, but, but they need to beat this Ireland team because they need to at least try to win the championship, correct?
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously... We mentioned right at the start when we were previewing the the whole Six Nations England haven't actually won um, the Six Nations or Five Nations um, after reaching a World Cup final Um, and I think it would be a good time then especially if if I think Wales are going to win England will already know the result by the time that they are playing and I think that will be enough of an incentive for them to put in a big performance after what was a bit of a a drab one against Scotland
3: So you're, you're going for England? Okay Andy, sorry, it's okay Andrew thanks <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i can I can accept it. <laughs>
6: Was that agree with him yeah, or was that I just laughing what? at Ireland's misfortune? <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I think um, I'm, I'm going to have to be patriotic to a degree. Uh, I do think England will, will will get the result, but they've not been convincing in the first two games. And um, France, they, there was that period towards the end of the game against France when they kicked on, and it, it, we, they were devastated for 20 minutes, but it's, it's too little. It's really... Uh, I know that Scotland, It was, the, the game up there was atrocious weather, so it wasn't ever going to be flowing rugby, but it's not convinced me so far. But this is, well, it is make or break. Um, like Andy Mack says, we'll know the result as well, so perhaps that will slightly calm nerves in a sense, because we'll know what they have to do. But um, I do think England will get the result, but I don't think it's going to be a huge margin.
3: OK, I'm going I'm to back Ireland just, just for a second. So, um, uh, only won uh, twice in a decade at Twickenham. I know, but still. So. Third time lucky, um, Andy. Uh, are you going to go for Italy or Scotland? Oh, really, I should side with Alex
5: B just to give him a little bit of a, but I, <laughs> oh. but, but I just can't. I okay. can't. Andrew, <laughs> what about you?
6: Um, no, I, I think I, I think I'm going to side with um, with with Scotland. Um, Italy at home is well, it is the the most challenging. Prospect. But no, I do think I do think Scotland are, are too good. They they're pushing all the way, and um, they are the better side. As simple as that, really. Um, and I think Scotland will be will will fight not to get the wooden spoon. That'll be pressure enough.
3: Yeah, I, I'll go with you guys. I'll, I'll back you as well. I I, I can't back Alex on this one. Okay, very very quickly, Champions League is back uh, this week on Tuesday, eleven o'clock. Liverpool they are away to Athletic Madrid. Dortmund uh, same day, of course. They are at home against PSG. Then uh, the other big ones for us, of course, are Wednesday. Uh, Spurs are homing against Red Bull Leipzig. That's 11 o'clock. Of course, Chelsea, uh, that's in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, we we're looking at this, the first four games this week. So you've got Atalanta as well against Valencia. Um, Liverpool, that's a tough start for them to defend their crown, isn't it, Andy? Um, Especially after a slightly uninspiring
5: um, game against Norwich, although albeit a, a win and another one marching on. Um, Atletico Madrid, difficult They haven't been particularly impressive this season from what I've seen. They've kind of stuttered, started, got going and then kind of really struggled to get any kind of consistency. And I think Liverpool will be too good for them. So I I, I would probably go with an away win.
3: Okay. Um, Spurs at home against Red Bull Leipzig. Um, Andrew, that's that's a a tough L one for, for Spurs, isn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Leipzig are, are pushing right at the top of the Bundesliga. I know it's very tight. Yeah. But Leipzig are uh, such an enterprising side. They can hit on the break. And playing away in Europe, I think, if anything, suits them um, every bit as much, if not more, than playing at home. And I, we know what Jose is like. He's not going to play... He's going to play to try and not lose, and I think they will play into Leipzig's hands. They'll probably hit them on the break, and with Timo Werner up front, pretty much anything can happen. I, I think I'd probably back Leipzig to win that one, um, 1-0. Now,
3: in the uh, the Scottish Premiership of European football, that's Europa League, of course, uh, United are away against Club Brugge, or Club Brugge on Thursday. That kickoff is at 8.55, and of course, Celtic, they're away in Denmark against Copenhagen also on Thursday at 8.55. Andy, my starting with you, uh, Celtic, they should have enough to see off the Danes, shouldn't they? Um, difficult one.
5: Eh, tricky, but Copenhagen have only played one game since the, they came back from a winter break and they lost it. So, um, uh, yeah. Celtic have had nine wins out of nine since they came back domestically. So a draw would be a good
3: result, but yeah, maybe... Okay, uh, United away in Belgium. Andrew Flint.
6: Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Club Brugge are a very beautiful side. To be honest, um, it's, it's no friends, but I do think. Despite our our troubles on and off the pitch, I think we, we do have the better place. So no, I'm, I'm relatively confident. I don't think we need much more than a draw, but I I would hope we would um, we would edge that one.
3: Okay, um, Arsenal of course they're kicking off at 11 o'clock on Thursday night against Vegas Ilupiakus. Um I'll go to you, Andrew Finn, for that one. So I mean, Arsenal need to win that because I mean, okay, they got the win today, but they need to keep improving because. Oh, not dead, in, you know, they're not dead in the water yet in the Premier League they're still they're down in 10th place but um, a good run in the Euro- Europa League could do them a world good couldn't it?
6: Andrew Flint? Um, there are quite a lot of very very tough opponents still left in the Europa League, that's what I would worry me. Um, they really have to be looking to be um Olympiakos over too load, certainly. And they've they've got so so many of their young players coming through this season as well that they'll be able to rotate and be relatively fresh. So, um a, a, again, a draw away, you know, first European game back in the spring is fine, but I would be probably disappointed to be honest. I think they ought to take control of the time win that one.
3: Okay, um, Andy, your other favourite team, uh, Rangers, at home against Braga on Thursday, eleven o'clock. That's going to be tricky for them, but you could see them at least winning one nil at home, couldn't you, against the Portuguese?
5: Yeah, Ibrox is a difficult place to go to for for any team, but Braga have been in absolutely scintillating form um, of late and climbing their way up Portuguese league. Um, tough one. Rangers have gone through a little bit of a bad spell, a bit of pressure on Gerard, but
3: Europe might be a good distraction. Won this weekend as well, so...
5: Snuck it, yeah, yeah after so. a, a, a rain delay or a storm delay.
3: Exactly. Okay, um, we're going straight into Capital Punishment. Um, Andy Mack, what, who are you, do you want to punish? So, very, very quickly, you got 30 seconds. Uh, I don't know whether I want to punish Goody or just... Oh, a better party with uh, the wares? Yeah. <laughs> or,
5: yeah, go on. Or, or whether... I, I, don't, I don't really know. Party time,
3: um, but obviously they've been going through a string of losses. Yeah, three <laughs> losses in four games. He's the coach of uh, Almeria. Yeah, of course he's the legend of Real Madrid. Uh, Lovely Gutierrez. hair. Yeah, great, hair. great hair. I don't know if it's all his own. I don't know if it's all his own. So basically, that he's been busy partying with players instead of focusing on coaching and. Training. Yes, and the
5: club are suffering. And I don't know. We you know um, whether
3: maybe he's trying to lift the mood I'd, 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 but clearly it doesn't look good does it no no it doesn't look good and he, he committed to Club and said it wasn't him but okay so Goody getting a spanking okay that's fair enough uh, Andrew Flint who have you got 30 seconds
6: Uh, I'm not going to surprise you, it's related to Manchester City. Al-Dun Al-Mubarak, the chairman, he's my character's mind, punishment. The sheer arrogance of the man, um, you know, dating back to when he told Gianni Infantino, I'm not going to pay any fines for going over the agreed losses for financial fair play. Um, And that has instilled this sense of entitlement around Manchester City. And, uh, you know, I said earlier, I didn't sit comfortably with me, the FFE ruling in that I wanted it to be applied. Uniformly across football, but for that alone, I'd say you know what, just just sank, you know, sank them the biggest punishment possible. So for his utter utter arrogance.
3: Okay, um, Andy, what do you, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to take part this week. But what, what do you reckon? Should 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 he get a kicker for his arrogance? Uh, yes,
5: is the simple answer to that. I think um, not respecting the rules. Clearly, there has been some fiddling of what's been going on in terms of what they've. Been doing with sponsorship and everything else, and it is time
3: that they are punished for it. Okay, that's fair enough. Well, do you know what? I'm g- Goody. Okay, we we still don't know, but we know with the United one. So I think I'm, I'm I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, Yeah, I'll go with City. So uh, Kaldun needs a good kick in the backside. <laughs> so right, um, listen. Before we go away, we have of course uh, Russia now are no longer top of the medal table for the 2014 Olympics. Um, Dmitry have made a I don't know, like kind of a, well, he just blah on uh, yesterday when he was covering uh, the Biathlon World Championships. Um, do you think it's going to get worse, uh, Andrew Flint? Do you think it's going to get worse with more doping things because there's retesting coming up and they're testing, testing. It seems to be very focused on Russian and East European athletes.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm certain I'll uh, uncover a few more results that uh, fit the narrative. Um, I'm not saying that's exactly what they're intended. But people will focus on it. Um, I think it's going to be never never ending never ending um, changing medal tables
3: (laughs) I I think it's going to be like that Uh, Andy Mack I mean they're now there's soon coming I think it's uh, the week after next a BBC Panorama special about uh, UK doping athletes do you think it's going to change anything or it'll just be like a bit of a like you know knickers in a twist for a couple of hours and then it's all finished again yeah, I really don't
5: know what they're trying to achieve now at the moment. Looking back constantly, rather than looking what's currently going on, um, it's, it's absolutely it's it's interesting to to see what was going
3: on, but it's absolutely pointless. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. I think it should like you know, draw a line under us. I know it's impossible to do, but like there's so much going on right now. now right phrasing yeah ex- yes, <laughs> exactly okay folks we are going to go out right now so enjoy your sports week because we're going to go out with a nice little like upbeat tune this is Ronan Keaton and Loving Each Day so thank you very very much we back same time next uh, week we have some more super duper guests Andy Mack thank you very very much thank you, New. Andrew Flynn of course thank you very much you're still on the line with us and this is just for you this is your favourite singer from your favourite boy band Ronan Keaton Loving Each Day folks we we'll are back to you at 9 o'clock next week <laughs> thanks Andrew Flynn you've Flint. got the poster He has indeed. Okay, have a great week.
2: Capital Sports with Alan
1: Moore. Come on, yeah.